Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and with me as ever is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek Larwood. Hello, listeners. Uh, hello, David. Hello, Marek. How, how are you? Are you well? Pretty depressed. Oh, you're depressed? Okay. Why Why have you seen a particularly sad film? I have not worked the entire of <laughs> January. Okay. The whole month. That is a long time. And I'm going to have to start temping soon for the first time in ten years. Well, that's an exciting new opportunity, isn't it? It uh, is the nail in the coffin of my career. Oh, no. But the good news Oh, there's good news, yes. Is that I have been... In between trying to get work, I have been to the cinema a lot. Oh, that's good. You've found the time. Well, I'm glad you have, because I've been far too busy with my... uh, my successful career to go to the cinema oh, this week. Well so. done. Thanks. Well done. Um, yeah. Um, I have been to... Um, so I've seen all of the Oscar Best Film nominees now. Well done. That's a hell of a thing as well. Yeah. The, um, okay, so w- let's talk about um, The Revenant, if that's all right. Yes, we're The Revenant. Um, this is a film Good. with um, Leonardo DiCaprio's son, is he playing a small child or has he grown a beard? No, he's a, he's old now. He's he can tell because his features stay the same, but his face has got wider. Okay, his skull's just slowly got wider. You know how your nose can, and ears continue to grow. Yeah, it's it's the width of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's skull is the thing that continues to grow. I think his face has got a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, uh, do skulls skulls don't grow, do they? No, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Um, <laughs> Because babies' heads are the, the, only grow by a certain. That's not the point. It's not about that. So Leonardo DiCaprio hmm. is uh, a, a sort of um, he's the trucker bloke for a bunch of fur traders. Okay, so he wears furs. He kills animals. He gets their furs. He's got an Indian son. What he was? He's had a relationship with some uh, Indian. Oh, people. Native American. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's his eighteen twenty in America. Okay. And um, basically, he's uh, a group of fur truckers get caught up in a, a fight with the Indians who are after the furs, and then everything goes to shit for Leonardo. Okay. And everyone's talking about him and the bear. Basically, there's a fight. Is he raped by a bear? No, I don't know where that come, whole. I mean, that's what the where, internet's on about. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, really. <laughs> but it's um, that's a big thing. Is him just trying to get back. 
uh, well, Revenant means like revenge, doesn't that something? Like, I'm not know. sure. Um, so the director is uh, Alejandro Inarritu. I can't say his name. Gonzalez Inarritu, who did Birdman. I think he's going to get the Oscar for Best Director. Okay, is it? It's, it's just brilliantly done. I mean, I've seen so many fight scenes now. From uh, it seems, it feels like the opening fight thing scene. So I ask some spoilers here, like um, like the Indian sort of American Indian equivalent of Saving Private Ryan when they get off the boat. Oh, really? Day. It's brilliant. So they open done. with a big. A big song and dance number. Yeah, you know so what it's I just, mean. It's just it's shot. It's rare to see an action sequence. I think a lot of them, the action sequences are rubbish now, and they just seem really CGI. And it seems and you're not shocked by it. It seems too stylized. Well, what I liked about Birdman, and I'd like to see more of his films, is that uh, he, as a director, he seems to have the attitude of what you're looking at it matters, and I think it matters yeah. <laughs> rather than just like we, we get a sense something important's happening, you know, which is a lot of fast cutting rubbish that yeah. you know people do. Well, I do. I think there's that style, isn't it? It's the fast cut thing. He seems to do that thing where you're almost looking, almost following someone looking around. Mm. So the camera's got the. I don't know if they do it on steady cams. Must do it on steady cams. It feels like there's 360 action going on, so you're really immersed. In yeah, it. yeah. Whereas when you're watching a lot of action scenes in the film, you're there, and it's just cut to this, cut to that. It's just all happening at the same time, and you're looking around while it's happening. Like it's almost a, you're part of this yeah. whole battle, which is incredible action for someone. You say you know you go from. I mean, Birdman was, was notorious for having those huge long takes that went on. Yeah, for, yeah, uh, yeah. Fifteen pages or something. Yeah, uh, and amazing performances. This is just you know it shows he can do action sequences better than uh, uh, ones I've seen, and it's all set in the winter uh, at the end of the, uh, the winter's coming. And you feel cold watching the film. There's a whole scent. You really feel like it's a freezing in the middle of nowhere. It must have been awful to, for them to film it. Leonardo DiCaprio just... You just know he's... I thought, assume he's going to be good. I take it for granted. Because mm. he's been there in the sort of film firmament for I've never for really so enjoyed him. Never really what? enjoyed him. Yeah, Apart really... from in... Uh... What's eating Gilbert Grape when he plays a mentally handicapped boy? I've never really enjoyed him in anything else. I just find he looks just like a petulant child to me, but I still he was very does. Good in Shutter Island. I hated Shutter Island. Oh. I thought it was dreck. But there's something odd about him that you don't. That he's you never particularly warm. No, to him. no, I don't. I I find him a bit sort of smarmy and false. And you know, growing a beard doesn't convince me he's a mature adult. Um, which seems to be what he does. He keeps trying to play sort of people with tragic pasts, but I just don't see it in his eyes. He looks like his entire life has been a playground, in my opinion. Oh, I, you do, know. I don't agree. I think he's brilliant. I think he's really good. But okay. he does. I think he lacks that sense of warmth that other actors have got. You know, you, you sort of, he's the sort of person you go to the pub with and have a chat and get on really well, and you think, well, I don't really know you. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I agree with that. I think, I think he's the perfect choice to play sort of um, Wolf of Wall Street types. Yeah, you know, just sort of sociopaths. Um, yeah, a bit like charming sociopaths. A bit like Simon Fielder. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> and if you're listening, Simon, love he you. Won't, he won't be listening. Anyway, um, so uh, and then you've got um, Will Porter from Son of Rambo. Okay, yeah. Playing. Well, he's doing all right. Isn't yeah. He? Who's the, you know him, his eyebrows are permanently in a frowning position. That's right. 
and Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. And does he fight a bear? Because he'd win. He just does. I would like to see Tom Hardy speak clearly in a film. Yes, people have said that a few times now, haven't they? It's getting a bit awkward. It, it, Although the just, last time he spoke clearly in a film, was it Bane? No, because Bane wasn't. Well, that was he. First, he spoke very, very unclearly, and so they made him redub it all. But he speaks very clearly in uh, Star Trek Nemesis, the film that uh, gave him a mental breakdown and he nearly killed himself. Who is he uh, playing that? He plays a clone of Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, okay. It was sort of his breakout role, and it killed the Star Trek franchise. But this was he good at speaking clearly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could do it fine. So I, I, Matt, I was trying to think, what if Benicio Del Toro and Tom Hardy were both leads in the film? I mean... You wouldn't be able to hear it. No. You wouldn't be able to understand. It'd just be no dialogue. just be the same, just grunting. A sort of, yeah, sort of Hispanic-sounding grunts and then Cockney-sounding grunts. Or sort of Tour of Britain-sounding grunts because I don't know what Tom Hardy's accent actually is. But, um, yeah, but is he good in it? That's the thing. I sort of he's don't good, really mind. He's sort of... I think he's got to watch himself playing these sort of psychopath mental sort of mm. people who... I don't, know if, if, I don't know if he's just mental that comes across in the films that you think he might kill you at any time. Yeah. Which I've heard he's... I've heard like, sort of he jokingly spars with people and yeah. then it, it just escalates very quickly. Yeah. Uh, but there's an there's an air of a psychopath around uh, surrounding all of his performances, I think. Yeah. But I thought, uh, you watch it, you think this is really, really good. I don't know if it ever... I said this before. I think the last, you could, in terms of the ratings, the merit ratings, you can go up to eight, which I give Revenant an eight. Okay. From just being a good film, the last two, the difference of the nine and the ten is just subjective. Sure. If you feel really touches you, I think it's just good, but I don't really have much in common with eighteen twenty trappers. Fur trappers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What about you? Uh, what in common with fur trappers? Yeah. I mean, I, I um, you know, I, I like being in the outdoors. I suppose. Yeah. I'm quite a fan of snow. I don't really like killing animals. I certainly wouldn't like to lay a trap for one, and then let it sort of get caught and linger for days before I come back to pick it up. You I don't, don't think I'd enjoy you that. You don't really see any of that in the film. Oh right, okay. It's just a lot of walking through snow and snow and things going wrong. Um. Uh, the last Fur Trappers film I saw, I think, was probably Cannibal the Musical. Yeah. The first thing that Trey Parker and Matt Stone did. Because they're okay. Fur Trappers in the snow in that, but they sing songs. Maybe a nice double bill. This is probably... I always think this is the sort of film equivalent of the rise and fall of Reggie Perrin, but the fall, <laughs> the fall bit. The fall bit, okay. Yeah. okay. If you took that, took Reggie Perrin, yeah. put it in snow... And instead of the title sequence, you had a battle with some Native Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Is it a very similar theme of things going wrong? Okay. Okay. Have you seen Peter Serafinovich's um, uh, Ray Fiennes uh, sketch? No. He, he's doing inside the sort of actors at workshops kind of thing, and his Ray Fiennes is just Reggie Perry. Oh, really? <laughs> it really works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think he's really good, and it's worth going to see at the cinema. Okay. I think he's a brilliant director that he can clearly do a film 
I don't know if he chose it because he wrote this as well. Okay. It's completely opposite to Birdman in terms of Birdman's quite wordy and quite, you know... And about the industry. Yeah, which is really, really actory. Always gone. feels a bit samey to all the other things about the yeah. process, about actors or about producers or about writers. You yeah. know, it's always... You always go, OK. Um, I think it's just worth... Uh, it, it's the, This was my... I, I'll talk about another one next week, but this was my favourite... It's my second favourite of the Oscar contenders. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And I think DiCaprio will get Best Actor. Has he got one yet? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. Get him on the phone. I'll call him. What's he under? Uh, Widehead. He's under Widehead in my phone. Get him. Um, oh, it's going to be really... Um, what's the time in America it's now? It's ringing. Oh shit, it's really early. Oh god, oh shit. god. Oh, oh no. God. I hope I didn't. It rang twice. Yeah, so go. Oh, he's going to be upset. Oh shit. I hope he's not working. I'll turn my phone off so he can't call back. Um, yeah, so going. He's worth watching, Revenant. Okay. Uh, let us know what you thought of it. Let us know, will you? Yeah, and if you'd like to let us know or send in your Oscar predictions, as uh, many of you have done, then please email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. If you want to talk to one another and post things you found, <laughs> so that was Buddy switching chairs and sitting on a squeaky chicken leg. There we go. He's moved again. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't want to sit on that, do you? He's come back. Um, yes, yeah, so you can talk to one another and post things you found online on our Facebook wall forward slash Film Fandango, or you can tweet us at Film Fandango at Mr David Reed or at Merrick Larwood. Um, so. As I said at the beginning, I've been far too busy to watch these Oscar contenders and I want to hear about them. I've seen some other films on Netflix, but it's probably best to talk about the films that yeah. actually are in the cinema right now. So what's the what's the second one? I've seen Room, but before that, we should do the letter section. Here's a jingle. Okay, so here is a letter from Short Film Sunday. Uh, uh, Accent. Uh, She doesn't say. She does not say. Hi, guys. I enjoyed Marek talking about Shadow of a Doubt and that era of film. Hume Cronin. Cronin? Uh, The bloke who was in... uh, Old man. Yes. Old man and everything. Hume Cronion is also in Hitchcock's Lifeboat, if you haven't seen. That would be a good one for you lot, as it's a bottle episode. We do like a bottle episode. Also, I'm sure I've recommended the fabulous Best Years of Our Lives before, but as one of the leads is Theresa Wright, maybe it's a good time again. Great film. Wyler's always a reliable director. I think you'd like, because it is that more innocent time, but as it deals with vets coming home from World War II and their families adjusting to life again, it turns it on its ear a bit. The former soldiers looking for work when there is none, and whether or not the women should keep working since war is over. The fallout of quickie war brides and lives they had with husbands away for years. It's really great stuff and just a fantastic cast. Infamously, Harold Russell and his two Oscars for the same role. There you go. I don't want a spoiler, but it's so great, and Wright's performance is one of the best. She and Myrna Loy have better lines slash roles than women get now. Thanks. See, uh, so thank you for that. So that is lifeboat. Oh, best years of our lives. Sorry, 
and his best years of our lives. Have you seen that one? I've not. I've not. No, I heard of it. I must watch it. Yeah. I simply must watch it. You simply must. Simply must. Um, who else has written him? Well, I don't know if we've read it. I don't think we've read this Phil Shakespeare one out before, but we might have done. Well, readers anyway. I'll read. We I'll, can never get enough Phil Shakespeare. So if you're repeating it's apologies, but my memory's completely gone. Here's the letter. Dear David American Buddy. Hello, Phil Shakespeare. Shakespeare, joint winner of the 2014 film Fandango Oscar Prediction Game here. It's been a while since I wrote in, and your plea for more letters in your latest episode has spurred me on to do so again. Until very recently, the only Hitchcock film I'd seen was North by Northwest, which well, I felt was something I ought to remedy. So in recent weeks, I've been doing so. I've seen The Birds, To Catch a Thief, Rear Window and Psycho, for which I gratifyingly somehow got through life without spoiling its twist. Hitchcock was so alarmingly prolific. I welcome your advice as to which of his films to seek out first. I think Dial M for Murder and Vertigo are definite so far. Keep watching the films, best wishes, Phil. Go no. and see Frenzy. Go watch Frenzy. Frenzy. Right. I, really I haven't seen Vertigo that everyone celebrates. I'm not. I, I thought North by Northwest is sort of fine and probably very. Inf- oh, it's brilliant! It's very influential in that genre, definitely. Oh, it's but I think brilliant. I think there are better ones. I'm a big fan of. Uh, well, Psycho obviously is brilliant. I'm. Uh, Rear Window. Rear Window is excellent. Rebecca, I'm a big fan of. I think Rebecca. Oh, I didn't like that. I love Rear Window. I love Psycho, uh, and the Birds. I thought was fantastic. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Vertigo, though. So, mm, yes. Make what you will of that Make one. Any, anyone else? Has anyone else? Yeah. Anybody? It's another person who's a regular. Who's that? Martin. Martin Appleyard? Yes. It's Martin Appleyard. Uh, right. Martin Appleyard. What does he want? Oh, he's, he's giving it an accent as What well. accent's that? A five-year-old boy who has never seen the outside world and believes that mountains are made up because they're too big to be real, or if you're struggling with that, a bog-standard Russian bad guy. So which would you prefer there? Five-year-old boy. Five-year-old boy. I have just had the best movie-watching week ever. I managed to finally see Inside Out and thought it was an almost perfect film. Neuroscience for kids is such a high-concept idea, but it's so cleverly thought out and executed, I just sat there grinning from start to finish. I want you you to go to Russian. You don't like this voice? No. Okay. <laughs> Apart from the sad bit when that thing happens to Thingy and he has to, you know, because he loves her. Anyway, it's stuck in my head for days after, just thinking about the different ideas within it, and now I now truly believe that that is what's going on inside my head right now. It's described as a brilliant family film, and the family bit will put some adults off watching it, but everyone should see it because it's just a brilliant film. Dare I say, classic. My perfect film week was completed when I saw Room, which is an astonishing film I knew very little about beforehand, and is probably the best way to see it. Within the obvious restrictions of the narrative, there are no big set pieces. The performances are perfectly understated and never hint at tipping over into melodrama, which is a less gifted director might have asked for, given their circumstances. The film still manages to create some achingly tense moments and an overwhelming feeling as a viewer that you want them to succeed. The real strength of the film is in its two leads who work perfectly together, making you believe there is a bond between the two of them. Brie Larson has had the Oscar nomination, but it is the performance of Jacob Trembling which will stay with me longer. 
I guess the Academy are not brave enough to nominate a nine-year-old, but I bet by the end of the year it is his performance I will remember more than anything by those that were actually nominated. I bet even Marek, who hates child actors, will agree with me on this one. No question, I'm afraid. I just felt I needed to share my feelings about two fantastic films. Keep watching the films. From Comrade Martin Appleyard. That was good. Thanks. Um, so, Room, I, I've been wanting to see it for a while and still haven't. Um, please don't spoiler it. I really want to see it. Have you seen the trailers for it? Yeah. So I know that they're in a room. Uh, they're sort of trapped in a room. A woman and a boy. And they dream of shit, right? It's hard to talk about it without spoiling it. But you've seen the, you've seen the whole trailers. And yeah, yeah. Thing. So you see the bit about them outside the room. And things yeah, like yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, so first of all, let's talk... I mean, that email sums up the problems, I think, with, with, with the fact that child actors are fundamentally annoying. Yes, they are. It, I, I would argue that anyone on screen... 10 years or younger they cannot help but be annoying yeah he's brilliant in this well even even if they are a convincing small person they children are annoying that's my problem I think that's my problem (laughs) is I find children really annoying yeah I mean children who can't even act as proper children are even more annoying but kids in themselves you know if they're not yours I'm sorry parents they're really annoying the most you can get is half an hour. Yeah, it's fine. And then after, and if it's a relative, that goes up to about two hours. You yeah. get extra points for that. But after that, you think, oh, do you know what? I do not want. Oh, you're making my life worse. Yeah, go yeah. away. So that's the problem with anything. Um, so I think he should have been nominated for an Oscar for this. Really? Uh, what's his name? Jacob Tr- Trembling. Trembling. Um, for playing so the, the story is I've read, I read the book beforehand which like The Martian actually I think the book of room isn't as good as The Martian it's more of a, it's not okay. it's not especially brilliantly written but the idea is brilliant and the film was about um, Brie Larson and her seven year old son who inhabit this room without seeing the outside world and there are some spoilers some mild spoilers that are in the trailer I'm going to talk about now uh, where they, she's been, you know, kidnapped and given birth to this kid in this room, yeah. and he spent his whole life there. So she's they only exist in that room, and over the course of the film, somehow they get out, and you've got their reaction to it. And I think what the great thing is, is that normally you'd have a film about just them in the room, and that would be the yeah. the the climax of it. This is really interesting because you've got the aftermath yeah. as well, and I think it's really nice to have a story sort of. Sort of shift the the arc of the story back, so you get the interesting mm. after and, and how you know what is the question of what is a prison? Is it just a room itself, or is it a way of living, yeah. being treated by people, a way you're perceived? And I think that's absolutely fascinating how they cope with that and the coping mechanism between them. I think it's, it asks loads of really great questions. Brie Larson is brilliant in it as well. And this is the real underdog film uh, in terms of Oscar nominations because. Brie Larson was 
not a big name before this film came out and everyone's been talking about her since it did you know she she played Abed's girlfriend in Community that's probably the highest profile Tw- thing 21 Jump Street is she in that one yeah she's in that as a, uh, the girlfriend in, in and the she's uh, she plays uh, Amy Schumer's sister in uh, Trainwreck as well but you know she's not been a name in you know on everyone's lips it's really. an Oscar it's Oscar bait part yeah I would I think she's really good and I think she will win the Oscar I don't know if it's the best performance I've okay. seen. You prefer the bear? Uh, more of, is the I bear nominated? Like Kate Blanchett more the more it's grown on me. Carol, yeah, in Carol, that's really grown on me. And Re- Rooney Mara is the best supporting actress. I think it's quite an odd blur between the best supporting act when they decide who's the supporting actress yeah, and who's the best yeah, actor. Because yeah. it's just oh, is it just the net? They've got the biggest name. Sometimes oh, people... sometimes. What didn't? I might be wrong about this, but didn't Dame Judi Dench win for Best Actress for Shakespeare in Love when she's like in it for uh, like two minutes? Yeah, I don't know how they define best. Someone's got a bigger part in in Carol. You'd say Rooney Mara probably got. It's probably the lead. Yeah, but then it's, she's nominated for Best Supporting Actress yeah, and the yeah, other yeah. way around. So it's really odd. Um, I, I thought this was uh, as good. I could tell it was good. I was enjoying it. It was a good subject matter. It was well done. I just never reached those real. And Carol's a good example. Carol, there's two moments in that film. One which had me in tears, and I thought it was amazing. Right. I'd rather have two or three amazing moments than just a film that's consistently good. And I think it maybe didn't handle the tension of the of the great bits of the great moments. Okay. A, didn't do them brilliantly it didn't do anything it did everything really really well but there was nothing I thought nothing that made me really gasp and made me think that is okay. amazing do you am I explaining yeah, yeah. myself no no it? totally I mean sometimes it's I guess it's that uh, dichotomy between making something real and making something melodramatic where if you make something melodramatic you can really punch people in the gut with their feelings but if you go too far then it people start to go oh that would never happen do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and so it's treading that line is I guess the I'm not saying melodrama after melodrama I'm just thinking of just a spectacular moment yeah which maybe I think I'm searching for what the film should be just loads of that's why I like uh, Tarantino he does spectacular moments in films yeah he really but does then but he does melodrama about, hugely yeah now. but I thought this was just a, a I think I had such maybe I had a high expectation that's the problem you go and you know all the nominees yeah as soon as that comes, if you go and see them before they get nominated, you've got a better judgment. But this was nominated, as I thought, and this was everyone saying Room's brilliant. Yeah. So I thought, oh yeah, is is quite good. I think the Reverend's better. I enjoy, enjoyed it. Enjoyed the interesting subject matter. Is it something that I'd watch again or put in my classic films? No, it's not. I mean, Buddy's trying to get off of me during this. What is it, Buddy? What have I said to? I mean, your sensitive heart is uh, really alluring. Do to you him. want to create? Sp- spectacular moment on the podcast <laughs> he's wagging his tail he's very happy you can feel his excitement beating against the, uh, the wooden, wooden desk <laughs> yeah so um, I think, it's, I think it's, it's a good I'll give it 8 Marricks I enjoyed it wow so that's two 8 Marrick films this yeah. week um, well yeah uh, sounds like there's some decent films in this uh, year's Oscars it should Oscar be it should be I think category, I, you know? I was quite disappointed up until now but I think they get these ones are the, the better ones Room and Revenant I think great 
Well, if you have an opinion about these, then please do email us. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com is the email address again. And do send us your Oscar predictions, as the person who gets them all right will receive a prize. We are asking from you the best picture, best director, best... Best director? Yeah. Yeah. Best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, and best supporting actress. And if you can get all of those right, then you are the winner. Um, There's odds on them. There's odds, are there? So you could even bet online... Wow. And make your own prize money. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is, fool. Yeah, fool. Fool. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, the last thing I should say is we do all this for free. So if you have enjoyed the podcast and would like to help us continue doing it, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and donate anything you can uh, from the link there. But in the meantime, uh, keep watching in the, the films. films. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.